Remember, it's the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Bureau, bureaucrat. The director of the FBI is a bureaucrat. The FBI has so much to answer for, right? I mean, meddling in elections, two at least, um, colluding with big tech, the Russia hoax, trying to sabotage the presidency of Donald Trump that they had a role in. Oh, yes, they did. And a lot of other stuff. But he was not there to answer the questions from the people. He was there at the House Judiciary Committee to defend the bureaucracy. That's what you do. That's what you do when you're a bureaucrat. In fact, it's in the dictionary. A bureaucrat, an official more concerned with procedural correctness at the expense of the people's needs. Now, it was a long hearing and it was very frustrating to watch because he used all the bureaucratic tricks. And this is a big one. Hiding behind the men and women of the FBI. Have you ever heard that before, right? Bureaucrats do it all the time. We, we, we must support the men and women of the FBI. We must support the men and women of the State Department. We must support the men and women of the Department of Agriculture. You see, they try to make our concerns about his mismanagement, poor leadership, possible perjury, somehow an attack on the frontline officers. It's not about that, but that's the way they want to make it look. Watch. It's the work the men and women of the FBI do to protect the American people, the men and women of the FBI work tirelessly every day to protect the American people. Those men and women who choose to dedicate their careers, their lives, really. You know, he's hiding behind them. The men and women are great. You're not here for that, okay? We just had a report from John Durham that said your agency came up with a phony investigation of a sitting president of the United States. A federal judge just determined that the FBI was colluding and sometimes coercing big tech to take down information or thoughts or ideas that they didn't like that were harmful to Democrats hiding behind the men and women. It's an old, cheap trick. The other thing he did a lot today, I don't know. I, 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 I am not aware. I am unaware. I do not recall. Lots of that. Let me have my staff follow back up with you. We can follow back up but with you. you. That doesn't ring a bell as I sit here right now, no. And I'm happy to see if we can follow back up with you. That doesn't sound familiar to me. As I sit here right now, I don't have the answer for you on that. I don't know the answer to that as I sit here right now. Let me follow up and make sure if there's anything more I can provide you on that. You know, it was really frustrating here. He pulled this a lot. He's got 75 guys with him, all right? He's got all kinds of aides. He's got security. He's got a chief of staff, a deputy chief of staff. He's got two lawyers with him. Send one of those guys back to the office to get the information or send an email. This, he's a bureaucrat, I'm telling you. And not that, not that skilled either. I mean, it's so obvious. Let's see, what else was there? Uh, ooh, he must be careful because he cannot jeopardize any ongoing investigation or any matter uh, sensitive. Basically, this is what he says when he just doesn't want to say anything. I think I want to be really careful with getting too far into the details. Again, I just want, want to stick with what's in the court filings. That sounds right to me, but I, I really want to be careful to stay within the four corners. With the certificate, can we at least get an unredacted copy of this memorandum? I will find out if there's more of the, of the document that can be shared with you. We've tried to be very careful in what we redact, and there's always a, a basis for it. I say that because I want to be very careful. There have been a number of court filings related to some of these topics. Uh, that's a place where, again, I want to be careful, much as I said in response to an earlier question. You get the picture, right? Um, very, very maddening, actually. This guy works for the people, but he's got the job, and he could care less. 
He likes the perks. He likes the power. And there's a lot of perks and a lot of power. More on that in a second. What about January 6th? What about January 6th? Were there FBI agents, undercover or otherwise, there, possibly inciting? It's a valid question. It's been asked before. His answer today just may have been a lie. How many agents were actually uh, agents or uh, human resources were present in the Capitol complex and vicinity on January 6th? Well, again, it's going to get confusing because it depends on when we, we deployed and responded to the breach uh, that occurred. How, how, Obviously, how many, there were, how many there were, were under federal agents. Sure. Uh, go, you know, yeah, you're talking, you, you, and you and I both know what we're talking different things here. And, and I, please don't, don't distract here because we're focusing on that those who were there in an undercover capacity on January 6th, how many were there? Uh, again, I, I'm not sure that I can give you that number as I sit here. I'm not sure there were undercover agents uh, on scene. That's it right there. I'm not sure there were undercover agents on scene. I believe he is sure, and I think he's playing a game. Undercover, detailed, human infiltration. They have all these technical terms. He's playing a bureaucratic trick. He thinks he can fool us. He's wrong. And he had months to get his facts together on this matter. Congressman Higgins, at a hearing, I think this was late last year, asked a similar question in a very pointed fashion. Watch. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people? No, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. Mad. He is mad. He is. He's covering up. And I know he's mad. Look at his mouth. All right. Check it out. I mean, after he says this thing, did you ever think for a moment? Wait, watch. See that? He's steamed. And why is he so steamed? Because he's been caught? Did you ever think for a moment that there were people dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol waiting for the people to arrive? And they were FBI agents or FBI undercover or FBI informants? I never thought that until this exchange. And I think that's why he's angry, because somebody just found out. They tried again today. Daryl Issa. He's amazing, this guy. Uh, take a look. I, I just want that. an yeah. answer. Was there one or more? I mean, you would know if there was at least one individual who worked for the FBI who, who entered the Capitol on that day. Uh, I can't, again, I just can't speak to that here, but I'm happy to get the court filing. Well, that, look, it's that been two years. And you're now, you're now come before us. The gentleman asks these questions, makes all kinds of insinuations, and you, you nod your head yes, and then I ask you simply, was there one or more? And you won't answer that. So I'm going to make the assumption that there was more than one, more than five, more than 10, and that you're ducking uh, the, the question because you don't want to answer for the fact that you had at least one and somehow missed understanding that some of the individuals were very dangerous and that there were others inciting individuals to enter the Capitol after others broke windows. So I'm just going to move on because I think it is time to move on past January 6th. I just, uh, seems that the other side won't.
That's great stuff. It's, will there be accountability? I, I don't know. I hope so. But this guy is one slippery fish, Christopher Ray. Um, back to the game playing, and there was some game playing right there, but this is another one. Uh, yeah, you got to play the, he plays the victim card, right? Uh, we're under siege, and the implication is that MAGA is to blame. A few days after Mar-a-Lago, there was some individual went after the Cincinnati headquarters of the FBI. You tell us a little bit about that and how you think that came about. Uh, so the incident that you're asking about uh, was obviously deeply disturbing. We had an individual uh, wearing a tactical vest armed with an AR-style rifle and a nail gun who attempted to forcibly enter and attack uh, our Cincinnati field right. office. And that should not have happened. Um, that should not have happened. But you see what's going on here. They're trying to say it was in response to the raid at Mar-a-Lago, and MAGA was all furious, right? Um, and by the way, it should not have happened, all right? This is, uh, what do we have about Cincinnati, please? We have that this individual, uh, Ricky Schiffer, armed with an AR-15. Yep, uh, what he said, uh, it all checks out. However, uh, about... Ten days before Mar-a-Lago, somebody else tried to tried to kill an FBI agent out in San Diego. Uh, folks, FBI, law enforcement, is a tough job, and from time to time, maniacs do stuff. Horrible, horrible things. Actually, the Oklahoma City bombing uh, was a target. Uh, they were targeting federal law enforcement, those guys. It happens over the years. I mean, two FBI agents were shot right in the middle of the D.C. field office. This is horrible, but this is way before MAGA, everybody. 1979, two heroes shot and killed in the San Diego FBI. I wish these things did not happen, but... They happened long before MAGA, and it's horrible what they're doing. They're trying, to, they're trying to tarnish an amazing political movement. Now, it's time for Matt Gates. He said some things that needed to be said, and he said them in an awesome way. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not the has no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. Absolutely, and good for him. I heard some people say, well, he would never be able to say anything about an ongoing investigation. Why not? The entire bureau was leaking like crazy when they were investigating Donald Trump, the Russia hoax, right? And to this day, uh, what else? you got to shame and humiliate these people, and that's what he did, I think, to bring on a correction internally. Next time, <laughs> next time maybe, so this guy doesn't get in trouble on Capitol Hill, they'll do the right thing. Next. Don't you see that that's kind of the thing, Director Ray, that you preside over the FBI that has the lowest level of trust in the FBI's history. 
People trusted the FBI more when J. Edgar Hoover was running the place than when you are. And the reason is because you don't give straight answers. You give answers that, that later a court deems aren't true. And then at the end of the day, you won't criticize an obvious shakedown when it's directly in front of us. And it appears as though you're whitewashing the conduct of corrupt people. Respectfully, Congressman, in your home state of Florida, the number of people applying to come work for us and devote their lives working for us is over up over 100%. We're deeply proud of them, and they deserve better than you. Oh, good, 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 good. And what kind of little factoid is that that Director Ray came up with? Recruitment in Florida is up 100%. He had that at the ready. Why? Because he knew that Matt Gates was going to come at him. And this was his big retort, recruitment in Florida. Why would you know that and not know any of this other stuff that he's supposed to know? Ray was not happy. Take a look. He did the same thing with Congressman Higgins. Watch, watch him react here. He knows. He knows he's just been revealed. All right, watch that mouth. See what I mean? All right. One more thing. He doesn't think he's paid enough. Director Ray, I want to thank you for your service uh, during a time of unprecedented um, travail. Um, uh, Director Ray, um, you were a partner at an international law firm before you took a, a drastic pay cut to accept the job of FBI director. Isn't that correct? Uh, yes, that's something my wife reminds me of from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much money does he make as the FBI director? Uh, 197000 Uh That's more than, I think, 90% of America. It's more than everybody else in the FBI. And he's complaining about his salary. Let's look at some of the money he made before he got to the FBI. In the one year as a partner at some law firm, he made $9 million. In the two years prior to becoming uh, the FBI director, $14 million. This is a very, very big money. And he gave it up for that Relatively speaking, paltry salary of a hundred and what, $97,000. Why do you think he did such a thing? For power! When you're the FBI director, you get a plane and you can even take it on vacation to upstate New York, which he did. What else? There are um, well, helicopters, boats, you name it, at your beck and call. You get a big entourage. You get security. And somebody once said, I think it was Henry Kissinger, what do they say about power? Power is the ultimate aphrodisiac henry kissinger well i'm not saying uh, anything but uh power has its perks right and here is christopher ray complaining about money and did you hear what these whistleblowers say said a couple of weeks ago their financial situation because they're prevented from making money in the security field because they blew the whistle on the fbi take a look due to whistleblower retaliation by the fbi I've been suspended without pay for over a year. The FBI weaponized the security clearance processes to facilitate my removal from active duty within one month of my disclosures. The FBI initiated a campaign of humiliation and intimidation to punish and pressure me to resign. In weaponized fashion, the FBI allowed me to accept orders to a new position halfway across the country. They allowed us to sell my family's home. They ordered me to report to the new unit when our youngest daughter was two weeks old. Then, on my first day on the new assignment, they suspended me rendering my family homeless. They deserve a lot better than Chris Ray, And so do we. We'll be right back. I signed an executive order setting a goal of having 50% of all new vehicles sold by the year 2030 
the electric. We're going to continue making New York State the home of electric vehicle usage. Electric cars are the future, and I want to make sure that anyone and everyone can and will be part of that future. I don't think they've really thought through this. Uh, you know, for an electric car, you need a really big battery, and one of the key components is the element cobalt. Cobalt, C-O-L-B-O-L-T, I believe. It comes from uh, the ground, the earth, and it's hard to get. One of the chief sources of cobalt is Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo. 70% of the world's cobalt comes from there. It's a big problem, though. You know who's getting the cobalt? Kids, children. There's basically slave labor happening in the Congo uh, as they get this cobalt out of the earth so that rich people can drive uh, fancy electric cars and virtue signal to their friends. Take a look. They're digging in trenches and laboring in lakes, hunting for treasure in a playground from hell. Hard enough for an adult man, unthinkable for a child. And yet tens of thousands of Congolese kids are involved in every stage of mining for cobalt. At barely 10 years old, children lug heavy sacks of cobalt to be washed in rivers. From as early as four, they can pick it out of a pile. And even those too young to work spend much of the day breathing in toxic fumes. Did anybody know anything about this? This is happening right now. This is slavery. This is abuse. And it's happening now as they build these ridiculous cars. Right now. This is not 300 years ago reparations for something that happened in the 1600s. Right now. And nobody gives a damn. Joe Biden, when he, when he signs these executive orders, uh, every, he doesn't know. He doesn't care. I'll tell you what does not use child labor and child slavery. Oil. Petroleum. It's a great job. If you can get one of those jobs, uh, these guys are happy. They're uh, well paid and no kids are involved. All right. It comes from the ground as well. And we don't have kids pulling it out. Isn't that interesting? All right. Take a look at this poll, please. Donald Trump is almost 30 points ahead of his nearest competitor, Ron DeSantis. I mean, wow, that really kind of crashed and burned a little bit, right? Uh, this is a, a, an incredible lead for a guy who's been through hell, oh, by the way. Uh, can I see the matchup between Donald Trump and Joe Biden? I keep hearing from rhino Republicans that somehow, uh, well, Donald Trump would never win in a general election. Where's the data? I mean, unless you know something about cheating, I'd like to see the data on that. How, how, how do you say that he cannot win? And everything he has been through. I mentioned hell. Well... Not that bad, but being locked up by New York City authorities, that total mess. And then the Fed, the Fed's moving in and arresting him. And then crazy Gene, E. Jean Carroll, whatever, getting a national platform for something that did not happen in the 1990s. And oh, by the way, we have something called the statute of limitations. And they created a special law to blow off the statute of limitations. They signed a law. They pretended that it was all about helping women. It was all about getting Trump. And he's still, he's still Trump. I want to thank you personally. Now get out there and knock on doors and do all the things that you're doing. We appreciate it. Make America great again. God bless you. 
So they've unleashed all of these horrible things against Donald Trump, and he has gotten stronger. He has gotten better. He actually appears to be younger. And what about their favorite guy, Joe Biden? Everybody can see he's getting weaker. He's getting meaner. He's getting weirder. And folks are waking up. And the mainstream media is actually telling him some stuff that is not flattering about Joe Biden. Like that seven-year-old granddaughter of his. I'm sorry, four-year-old. She's Navy. Her name is Navy, and she lives in Arkansas. And she is unacknowledged by the president of the United States as his own flesh and blood. That girl right there is the granddaughter of the president of the United States, has never met him. If Joe has his way, she never will meet him. She can't call herself a Biden. All she gets is a crummy painting from Hunter. But the media are starting to tell the story. Little tentatively, but they are. The New York Times wrote a pretty scathing op-ed. It's seven grandkids, Mr. President, not six. They said he had a cold heart. They said that this is unconscionable. Um, and it is. It is. Especially for a guy who walked around saying that he was granddad of the century. Hey, by the way, did you get a picture of the dogs? <laughs> I tell you what, did you see the message they sent? They said they miss you. I miss you too, Angel. Okay, I'm heading home now. I'll call you when I get back to Delaware. I love you, baby. Bye-bye. She's an incredible kid. Oh, wow. Uh, he put that on Twitter in October of 2020 when he was trying to get people to like him. And this is the tweet that he put along with that video. I've had a rule my entire life. No matter what's happening, no matter how important the meeting, I'll always answer a call from my grandchildren. Well, one of your grandkids doesn't even have your number. And her name is Navy, and here she is visiting Washington, D.C. Imagine visiting Washington, D.C., and your grandfather's the president, and he, you can't see him. He won't even acknowledge you. Wow. Now, there's getting a little bit, a little bit of attention from the dominant media, but they're still writing him all kinds of free passes. When you start talking about people's families and what yeah. they're doing, it's, I, I find it unnecessary. This is not anybody's business. Nobody needed to know about this. No. This is private. And I know people feel like you need to know everything. I'm sorry, you don't. You need to know not almost anything about people. <laughs> yeah, we're just deplorables. What do we need to know, right? We don't need to know that. He's only the most important person in the world, has a, a grandchild, and has all kinds of things he doesn't want us knowing about. Text messages with weird Chinese people and communist positions. Uh, wild, huh? What does a Republican on this panel have to say about all this? I do feel but like if me. it was Trump, we would talk about it, is the thing. If Trump had a grandkid, he wasn't acknowledged. We all talk he probably about does. He didn't acknowledge Tiffany very well, much. I, I, uh, she was talking very fast, but I think she said if Donald Trump had an unacknowledged child, uh, folks would talk about it. And then Tiffany, he said, she says Tiffany is basically unacknowledged. Well, here she is speaking at the Republican National Convention. Uh, let's see. Here's Tiffany at the inauguration of her, of her father. Did they make her sit in the back? No. <laughs> There she is. This is OK. The insider says that Tiffany is unacknowledged. This is Tiffany at her wedding being walked down the aisle by President Trump. Huh? Wow. And in the in the White House. Talk about fake news. The View. Oh, by the way, is a news program. It's officially a news program. Something else that people are catching on to. We already know this. We've been talking about it for years because it's important and it's kind of gross. Hunter and his situation with uh Bo's wife, Haley, and the stuff that they continue to say about their situation, uh, you know, it's pretty ugly. It's 
pretty ridiculous. It would destroy any family or at least give them some heartburn or something. Let's go to Hunter's book. I looked it up. This little, this little dalliance with his brother's wife after, we presume, he died. Well, after Hallie and I returned from Sedona in the fall of 2016, our relationship remained a work in progress. We kept it to ourselves while we figured out where it might be headed. I think the word is incest, and you, you had already arrived, more or less. Next, please. Uh, it didn't last long. That didn't last long, I guess, when they kept it under wraps. After our trip, Kathleen found text. This is his wife between Haley and me on an old iPad that I must have left at the house. That gave her the gift of justification. I was a sicko sleeping with my brother's wife. Well, you got that right, okay, but he's saying it somewhat sarcastically. He seems to resent Kathleen. I said, honestly, that Haley and I were incredibly lucky to have found the love and support we have for each other in such a difficult time. This is what he told the newspaper when they called. And he had to call his father and say, this is a story now. Will you make a statement? Joe Biden said, I'm not so sure. Again, back to the book. Joe was reluctant. He was reluctant, but finally said he'd do whatever I thought was best. He was reluctant like a normal person would be. You're sleeping with your sister-in-law. Are you in... Oh, gosh. What did Joe say? He says he's happy about the situation. Happy. He actually said he was happy. This is one of the most perverse things I've ever seen. We are lucky that Hunter and Hallie found each other as they were putting their lives together again after such sadness. Okay, next. They have mine and Jill's full and complete support, and we are happy for them. How do you feel, how, how do you feel about Kathleen, uh, the, the wife of Hunter at the time? Look, everybody screws up, all right? They're, I mean, this is a, a, never like this, but this is one of the reasons why you don't run for president. When something like this happens, you don't run for president. All right. Does this bring us back to? Yes, it does. It brings us to the hypocrisy of of Joe Biden. You know how he talks about death a lot and people missing from your life? I know the pain that so many of you are experience, experiencing right now, starting by sitting down for breakfast this morning and staring at an empty chair on the kitchen table where a loved one used to sit, laugh, talk about how you love one another. I know the frustration. Wow, that's so poignant, huh? Well, what about Navy? What about Navy? She, she's never going to get to know her grandfather, the president of the United States, as you check in on all of the others? Are you crazy, sir? I mean, this is what an insane person would do with his means, with his station in life. And don't tell me you're too busy to check up on this four-year-old girl. We all saw you at the beach last weekend. Do the right thing. Get on that plane and go to Arkansas and do the right thing. And, yeah, bring Hunter. He's the father. He's got a role in this as well. I'll be right back. Information. Truth is freedom is newsmax it's real news for real people hey guys it's carson imagine this in the dead of night you're lying in bed suddenly you hear something go bump what's your next move well you reach for the ultimate solution the new mc14 t tip-up pistol from eaa corp and gerson 
This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength disabilities or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back, and you're ready to fire. That is pretty ingenious, actually. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boasting a 13-plus round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience, available with all EAA Corp distributors. Starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit eaacorp.com today. eaacorp.com. Well, Joe made a lot of mistakes over there at the big NATO meeting. We're joined by Fred Flights, America First Policy Institute, veteran of the Trump administration, and Lieutenant Colonel, retired Tony Schaefer of the Army, DOD Intel Operative, and president of the London Center for Policy Research. Gentlemen, I don't know if you saw this, but apparently Joe, once again, for, couldn't figure out who was the president of Ukraine and who was the president of Russia. Take a look. Vladimir and I, we, the, I should, shouldn't be so familiar. Uh, Mr. Zelensky and I uh, talked about the kind of guarantees we could make in the meantime. Did you hear that? Vladimir. He called Zelensky Vladimir, and then he corrected himself. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Zelensky. Um, Fred, that was, I don't know, is it, just, is it just stupid, or is there anything more significant? Greg, this should have been an easy victory lap for Biden. Big things happened for NATO this week. It looks like Sweden's going to join. Turkey moved away from Russia. The alliance is united. But frankly, the, the optics, the, the video of these verbal gaffes of Biden wandering around aimlessly, signs of his infirmity, signs of his mental decline, that overshadowed all the good things that Biden's team, and they were good things that Biden's team achieved for this summit. That's what the world's talking about right now. That's what the world's talking about, the screw-up. I mean, I guess, and uh, what were the good things, um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony uh, Schaefer? Can you tell me a little bit yeah, about the well good things? Well, Greg, I think, as Fred was saying, there was some real progress regarding Turkey. Erdogan's playing his own game. I think the Biden administration folks were able to kind of pull him back into NATO. Sweden is a major player who's always been with us. They're under our nuclear umbrella. Now they're formally joining, as is Finland. Finland has been a traditional kind of hard get that's now joined up. So those are the good things. With that said, and I disagree with Fred, it's being all good, he didn't get a path forward for Ukraine to become part of NATO. Uh, they, they modified and added a study committee versus a council. They added a council to help Ukraine do it. And they said there's conditions for Ukraine to join. They didn't find the conditions. They said there were guarantees they're going to give Ukraine. They didn't see what the, 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 the guarantees are. So uh, I think there's things they should have done better. But but as, as Fred said, the, the thing that everybody's going to remember that, that President Biden could not remember if there was 32 or 33 members and the, uh, the, the other just completely glaring a uh, loss of, 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 of focus uh, during his speaking. Nobody's going to see what uh, what came out of this was any good. Now, I know we're not supposed to care about what Russia thinks about any of this, but uh, Fred, uh, Sweden joining NATO, Ukraine, uh, they're giving them some assurances you'll join NATO one day, maybe uh, something. One day, maybe. Could that be provocative? I mean, could that Listen, make the Russians I, I want to commit total war? 
I don't want Ukraine to join NATO. I want us to say we're not going to let Ukraine in for maybe 25 years, because if we let Ukraine in and Russia invades again, American troops will have to go to Ukraine. And frankly, the reason, one of the reasons this war started was because we would not take NATO membership for Ukraine off the table. That irritates the Russians. It doesn't justify the invasion. But Biden is keeping the door open. He irritated the Russians and the Ukrainians and people who support the Ukrainians at the same time. This should have been resolved with the Ukrainians before the summit started. Yeah. And Biden shouldn't be holding out a ray of hope of Ukrainian membership, which other NATO members will never agree to. And frankly, the U.S. should not be talking about. Maybe he's owned by Ukraine. I mean, maybe he's compromised. Seriously. Well, gentlemen, I'm sorry we're uh, short on time tonight. I so appreciate it. Uh, Tony Schaefer, great to see you. And Fred Flights, great to see you. We'll be right back. Good to be here. All right. So uh, let's face it. There have been a lot of screw ups at the FBI over the years, and they've become so political. Nobody seems to trust them. Uh, there was a hearing today featuring this guy, the director of the FBI, Christopher Ray, a real swamp snake in my book. Um, some of our heroes, though, were asking the questions. One of them, Congressman Mike Johnson, Republican of Louisiana, uh, fascinating back and forth. We'll uh, we'll show you some highlights in a moment. But first, Congressman Mike Johnson joins us. Uh, welcome back, sir. And uh, good to see you. What do you think overall of how things went today? I think you described it well, Greg. He was evasive. He was um, either not prepared or unwilling to provide answers that the American people deserve, and many of which are long overdue. And we left the hearing very frustrated today, and I, I think millions and millions of people across the country feel the same way. Well, his evasiveness was very obvious, and you know he reports to us, he reports to the people, and you're our representatives, and I think he did himself a grave disservice, and the people. Look, I have a pretty nice chunk uh, all set up between you and the FBI director. Let's take a look. Your star witness said in the litigation, Elvis Chan, who's in charge of this, said they do it on the basis of dif disinformation. We need, a, we need a definition of what that is. Our focus is on malign foreign disinformation, that is foreign hostile actors who engage in covert efforts to <laughs> Mr. abuse Ray, Mr. our social media platforms, which is something that is not seriously in dispute. I have to stop phenomenon. you for time. That's not accurate. You need to read this court opinion because you're in charge of enforcing it. The court has found that and Elvis Chan testified under oath in charge of this for you. He said 50%. He had a 50% success rate in having alleged election disinformation taken down or censored. That, that wasn't just foreign adversaries, sir. That was American citizens. How do you answer for that? Well, first off, I'm not sure that's a correct characterization. Comes of right out of the opinion. You should read it. What I, of, of his testimony. But what I would say is the FBI is not in the business of moderating content or causing any social media company to suppress or censor. That is not what the court has found. What I would also say is among the things that you listed off, I find ironic the reference to the lab leak theory. The idea that the FBI would somehow be involved in suppressing references to the lab leak theory is somewhat absurd when you consider the fact that the FBI was the only, the only agency in the entire intelligence community to reach the assessment that it was more likely than not that that was the explanation. All right, I'll get to that bureaucratic trick he pulled right there. Uh, give us an overall. We didn't go into it, but you're talking about the uh, the judge's recent motion uh, to stop the FBI from colluding with the White House uh, and colluding with big tech and interfering with big tech. And Elvis Chan, you mentioned. Tell us a little bit about him. 
Yeah, Greg, so July 4th, I think it was poetic that it came out on Independence Day. Federal court in Louisiana, uh, there's a lawsuit brought by the attorney general in Louisiana and Missouri because we knew that, that conservatives were being censored and silenced on social media. And they proved to the court, the court issued an injunction and a 155-page opinion to back up that injunction. The court said the evidence shows clearly that the FBI was colluding and coercing with the big tech platforms to take off the voices they disagreed with. I mean, it is blatant, it is overt, and in the court's words, not mine, the court said it is arguably the most massive attack on free speech in United States history. That's your FBI today. That's Chris Ray's FBI that is engaging in the overt censorship of people they disagree with. This is tyranny, Greg, and there's no bigger story in the country, but the mainstream media is trying to bury this. The, yeah. the litigation is going to continue, and this guy, Elvis Chan, was the one in charge of it, and he just testified under oath exactly what was happening. As a matter of fact, we have that testimony right here. We have the chunk of it where he said 50%. It's hard to read here, but he said 50% of the uh, complaints that we were sending to big tech from the FBI they were taking down posts, and a lot of these posts had, they knew it wasn't foreign disinformation. Even Chan admitted um, as much. And you know what was really weird when he said the Wuhan story? You know, we at the FBI, we confirmed that it was from the lab. They confirmed that in February of this year. We're talking about the election of 2020. I mean, they were, he's, he's playing a game right in front of us, and he thinks, I don't know. What, so what's going to happen next? Is there going to be accountability? Well, that, that's a big question. And, and people are very uh, frustrated that we can't get the bad leadership removed. And here's the reality. We have to remind everybody the political reality. We only have the majority, the Republican majority, conservatives in one house of Congress and a small majority at that. And under the Constitution, we only have the power really of the purse. And, and we have the power to, to bring the facts out and let the American people see it and process it and use it when they go to the election and the ballot next year, the next cycle, because it matters. So you put in the White House. They're the ones that appoint these officials. These are executive branch agencies. So with the purse, Greg, what we're going to do, you know, the FBI has been asking Congress for a multi-billion dollar headquarters they'd like to build, a glittery new building. I don't think they deserve that. If they're going to blatantly violate the most fundamental constitutional freedoms of the people they're supposed to be protecting and serving, I, I don't think they, they deserve uh, the trinkets that they're asking for. So we're going to use every tool within our arsenal uh, and, and try to get accountability, because as you saw today, it was on display. I think he did a great disservice to his cause, and I, I think he advanced the narrative that something is, is deeply suspect here, and that's what the people know and see. It's hard, to, it's hard to refuse it. I wish there were just a few Democrats who could, who could speak the truth, I, or, I mean, maybe they really believe it. I don't know, but as you saw, there was very little bipartisanship um, and I don't blame our side, quite frankly. I mean, I, 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 there's right and wrong here. Although some of the Democrats were a bit concerned. They, they, they kind of kept it nice and easy. But in, as far as uh, the violations of privacy and uh, the sharing of data. Well, yeah, those are bipartisan concerns, and we're glad they echoed that. But they looked over entirely and tried to ignore the, the mounting scandals that have stacked up through our, our oversight investigations through the various committees in the House, the Republicans. I mean, we know that the FBI was labeling concerned parents at school board meetings as terrorists. They were, they were raiding the homes of conservative opponents of the White House. They were labeling, you know, conservative Catholics and pro-life Americans as violent extremists. And, and all of these things are happening on Director Ray's watch. 
He is responsible for this. We have to have a system of justice that is blind and equal across the board, and that is not what we have right now. It's a great threat to the republic. And by the way, he was complaining about his salary when he is a multimillionaire and he's the highest paid guy at the FBI. Well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Congressman Johnson. Great job to you and your colleagues on your side of the aisle. And uh, come back soon, please. And we'll be right back. Thank you. Hey, we love emerging technologies, right? Let's get a quick update on new emerging technologies from the vice president of the United States. I think she sits on the Council of Science. She might even chair it in the Biden administration. Okay, Kamala. AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But ultimately what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine. Maybe she should repeat the second grade. And whose cocaine was that anyway? We'll be right back. Well, it's a great TV show by a great guy. Rob Carson's What in the World. You can see it every Saturday at 8 p.m. And actually, we rebroadcast it throughout the week. It is a fantastic show. And you can also catch Rob on the radio, 12 to 3, the Rob Carson Show, available wherever you get your podcasts and some terrestrial radio. Tomorrow, Rob is interviewing the President of the United States, the one we like, President Trump. Rob, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? I'm good, Greg. And uh, from one broadcast to another, congratulations on your enormous success, my brother. Uh, Newsmax is on fire. Your show is on fire. It's must-see TV, bro. I love it. And by the way, I'm enjoying grilling season. Today, we threw some Chris Ray on the grill, and we grilled him up real good, didn't we? Wow, that was something to watch, huh? He was uh, yeah. so slippery and weird. Um, uh, so, yeah. big interview tomorrow. Uh, yes. How do you, You're talking to him on the phone. Yes. What's your strategy? How do you how do you go about interviewing Donald Trump? Well, um, Greg, you know, you I would take cues from people like you. Uh, it's a big deal to me because I do a nationally syndicated radio program and uh, and also the TV show on Newsmax. And literally, you know, I was I had to sell cars for a couple of years. So, uh, you know, if you would have told me three, four years ago that I'd be doing this, I'd be like, wow. And so uh, tomorrow I'm, I'm going to uh, address the president with a great deal of reverence. Obviously, I'm going to ask him questions that other people have not tried to connect with him whatever way I can. He was kind enough. Uh, even though he met thousands of people two years ago, that he literally called me, he didn't know me, and sent condolences when my mother died. Uh, he also invited me to Mar-a-Lago uh, not long ago, and I enjoyed meeting him. You were in, uh, down at Mar-a-Lago as well. I enjoyed your interview. So uh, really what I want to do is try and ask questions to kind of get to know Donald Trump, particularly why he's doing this. Because I got to tell you, at 77 years old, for me, 20 years from now, I want to be on a beach, Greg, okay? <laughs> I don't want to be running for president. <laughs> Well, it's going to be great. I know you're going to have a great interview, great conversation, and uh, I will be watching and listening. Rob Carson's What in the World. Uh, hey, we'll do this again soon. Sorry we're uh, so short on time tonight, but that's how it goes. Breaking news. Rob, to be continued. God bless, bro. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Great. And uh, oh, it's so nice. I'll see you tomorrow.